Welcome to the Men Talk Ubuntu podcast. Our guest this episode is a marvelous model of a man, an inspirational father, coach, and mentor, a public motivational speaker and author, a certified crisis prevention instructor specializing in crisis intervention and adapting, a former radio board operator who makes it his business to learn and understand other countries, cultures, and perspectives. His upcoming books, 101 Steps to a Successful Interracial Relationship, out this July, if anyone's looking for birthday present ideas for me, and Fear to Faith, demonstrate Duke's commitment to helping other people through sharing the lessons from his experiences, his research, and his ability to listen. Duke, it is such a pleasure to have you, and I cannot wait to speak about some of these and much more. To begin, please tell us about your story and journey. Well, uh, I would like to say hi to everyone, and uh, thank you uh, so much I, for having me here. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful and honored to be here. I've been waiting for this for a long time, and it's a thing where um, I'm very excited. I'm able to, um, with you, be able to uh, start a journey and stop a journey. So um, it, it's it's a blessing to be here. Um, so a little bit about me is that uh, I'm all about uh, serving the people, and I'm all about making sure that people understand that they can uh, reach out for help. And um, my journey is a mental health journey. My journey is a, a journey of sobriety. And it's a journey of overcoming obstacles that has allowed me to be able to reach out, give back, uh, touch those that may not be able to um, voice what they feel. And I'm so grateful that I've been given this platform and being um, an African-American male um, helps me to uh, reach other African-Americans and, and people of various races, creeds, and colors um, to let them understand that um, whatever you're going through, you can get through it and we can come out on the other side and be positive. Fabulous, thank you. Thank you very much, Duke. I mean, I think there's so many things we could talk about yeah. <laughs> that I think we'll just try and broadly narrow them down today to some of the things you've hinted to as you've yeah. introduced yourself, which would be to do with race, to do with relationships, and to do with recovery, all yes. extremely important in their own right. Yes. Before we do that, what I'd like to do is find out how you are today, and on a scale of one to 10, where you are mentally we say one being low and 10 being high yes well um i'm in a good spot i'm in a good place and i'm happy to be where i'm at so um on the scale i would say that i am about a seven and a half eight um and that's just being honest man and that's just you know everybody would love to be 10 nobody wants to be one um, uh, but just on that scale, I say I'm about a seven and a half, eight, because where I'm at 
is I'm so busy and I have so many things going on that I'm trying to do that sometimes I lose sleep and sometimes I have to prioritize and make sure that I make time for everything. So um, a lot of it with me, and you can take this um, and, and use it to help your life. A lot of things with me have to do with time management and time management allows me to keep my mental health in check. It allows me to make sure that I keep everything in perspective, but it also allows me to make sure that I take time for myself. And that's one of the things that I'm definitely an advocate for is self-care and making sure that you understand that the whole man is important to take care of because if you don't, you'll be off balance and life is about balance. So where I'm at is about seven and a half, eight, man, because I'm finding balance, but I'm not 100% there. And, but I'm working towards it, man. And that's the, I think that's all we can do is work towards it and try to do the best we can and stay positive. But if you're at a 10 right now, I'm so happy for you, but I'm about seven and a half, eight, man, because I'm balanced out, but I'm not all the way there. Uh, it's a work in progress, but I want to get there. I love that answer. And I, I always love how honest you are in all of your sort of interactions and even the activities you do. And remember, seven and a half is like an amazing score. <laughs> but, but it's not about the score. I mean, because yeah, even if someone's yeah. a one, it's, it's that re remembering that life is still worth living. Everything yes. is be going well. Just circumstances might make you feel like a one and there's nothing wrong with that. And yes. to know that you're a 7.5, I know that that still means you're way up here. Yeah. Uh, but people who have this gift or calling to serve and help others, I think you can't almost help but uh, always not want to be at a 10 because you know that to be at a 10 yeah. almost, it depends on how many other people to some extent you've also helped. And so I, yes. I can kind of get it. I relate. Now you and mentioned, I yes, sorry. I, I, what I what I would like to say is that um, whether you're on the low end or whether you're on the high end, I think it's important to make sure that you understand. And that's why I really love that question, because I think it's very important to understand where you're at, because if you understand where you're at, you can understand where you need to go. And if you're at a one or two, um, you know, you have to reach out. You have to talk to somebody. You have to do some things that will um, help you have more clarity and be able to um, dissect the, the things that will help you get to another level of your mental health. Because um, in my experience, mental health is not about um, uh, just now. It's not just about, it's how you're going to be tomorrow. It's how you're going to be the next day. It's how you're going to be you know, so, so, so make sure that you always know that wherever you are, you can get better, but you have to be willing to do the things to get better. And that's my, my position is to make sure that I help people understand that it's up to you. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I do that help that help me is that I live in the now and I, I live in the now of taking action. And when you live like that, it eliminates um, some of the things that might hold you back as far as the past, 
because I think, you know, a lot of us think about the past, but the more you can think about where you are now and think about the future instead of the past, it will help elevate that score, you know? And um, uh, so I love the question and it's a very broad question that we all need to ask ourselves almost every day, because if you do that every day, you can check yourself at the door and say, I might be a one today, but I acknowledge that. And I'm not going to let that hold me back from getting to a five today, you know? So that's what it's all about. Excellent. I, th I think that's almost like a very nice practical follow-up for people from your recommendation of think about time management, get some perspective, make some time for yourself, because that reminds you about you as the whole man or the whole woman, the whole person. And then you've, you've just given us all these lovely nuggets, which I'm really <laughs> enjoying. <laughs> uh, it made me think of something I came across, I think just a week ago, about boxes, like where we, we have three boxes we can all choose to, and well, we've got three boxes and two legs. So you can either stand in the box of the past, the present or the future, and it's up to you which leg goes where. But yeah. ideally, like you were saying, you wanna be in the present with maybe some thought about the future, but you might yeah. dip your leg back to the past just to review what's going on right now and what you hope to change. But always remember, you've only got two feet, uh, two legs, two feet, but you got three boxes, choose wisely type thing. Uh, so I really enjoy that. And yeah. I think you, you're from Michigan, if I'm, if I've yes. found that correctly. Yes. I don't know yes. if you're still there, but with all this talk about perspective and even just looking back at yourself, I'm uh -huh. curious what Duke was like coming up in Detroit as a young man and you know with, yeah with hey well perhaps. it's uh it, it it was a struggle for me for the from the beginning you know um i'm a product of um uh an 18 year old mother um that wasn't married to my father and um she had uh three beautiful kids by him um but they started young and uh i think that at some point um the way things worked out and, you know, reading my mother's book and talking to my father um, and reconnecting with him. And that's a beautiful thing about my mental health journey is that I've been able to reconnect with my dad. And um, so um, I think I was an accident, you know, I was, I, I, I was an accident and I'm happy to be able to talk about that. And some people might be ashamed of that, um, but I'm not because I'm here and I'm grateful. I have my own family of my own, uh, you know, with little kids. And but, you know, I think I was an accident. And and um, my mother didn't want to get pregnant with me at 17, you know. And so um, I went through a lot of hardships that maybe um, you might understand, or maybe this person might understand, or maybe they don't understand. But um, um, it has helped shape me to be a better person because those hardships along the way and reflecting, and I'm just so blessed to be able to reach where I am right now as a person, as a man, to be able to look back on all that and reflect and be great, grateful, you know? Um, for, for a long time, I used to, you know, resent things and 
be uh, down about it and be like, oh man, why couldn't I be from, you know, this family or that, you know what I mean? But um, I'm, I'm very grateful for my, my, my past and my, and, and my beginnings um, because that's what's going to shape me to stay humble as I continue on this journey. And I'm so grateful for all the people that have been a part of, of this journey. And uh, I, I really look forward to uh, taking you on a nice ride and letting you see what's happening in the future. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the ride. I've got my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, get your popcorn ready, man. It's going to be exciting, man. <laughs> Ooh, glad, glad. And I think this might either build from what you've said or it might take us somewhere completely different. So we also like to ask, like, what's your mental health story? Like, what got you really thinking about mental health or taking it more seriously? Well, uh, uh, speaking about my mother again, my mother was, uh, she, she, she's still alive. So she's a very smart lady. Um, she sent me to therapy when I was young and that started my mental health journey. So she sent me to therapy when I was 11. And I had a, 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 a older white man um, that was blind and um, he was my, my therapist. So he knew that I was black, but he didn't judge me um, because he didn't come with those set of eyes that, um, that you know, some people might come with. So he was able to allow me to open up and not be judgmental um, towards me. So what happened in turn, it allowed me to open up more to him and to be able to express my feelings. So my mental health journey started when I was very young as far as therapy and things like that. But um, as I got older, um, I went through a couple of struggles um, with uh, being in very, uh, uh, being in a lot of pain. Um, so I, I'm a, I have two brand new hips in my body that allow me to function like, uh, like I used to function. I run, I, I play tennis, I do all kinds of activities. Um, but for a while, it was a real struggle because my hips uh, from playing sports deteriorated and from genetics. Um, so I had to have surgery that was two total hip replacements. And through that, um, I still had to work. I had to take care of my family. Um, so I started taking pain pills yes. to be able to deal with that and to be able to um, uh, work and to cope. And through that, I developed an addiction to them. And um, long story short, it took me a while to overcome that. And through the surgery and through having uh, great people around me and great doctors uh, and a great surgeon, um, it allowed me to get my life back. Um, and it allowed me to uh, heal myself, um, not just on the outside, but on the inside because um, the opioid addiction that I developed um, it made me into a person that I wasn't, that I knew I wasn't. And it took a lot of work for me to get back to this person that I am. So my mental health journey is not just about therapy 
as far as mental, but it's been physical for me too. But my whole thing is the whole man. So not only is it physical for me, but it's mental, it's spiritual. Like this morning before my visit with you, I meditated. And in my meditation, it allowed me to understand that on this journey that I've been on, I'm grateful to be able to share my experiences with you, with the audience, and be able to connect with wonderful people like you that are doing great work and trying to help people, trying to build a community of men that understand you can get better and we can do this together. And that's the one thing that I've learned throughout my mental health journey that has been a constant is that we can do this together, but it takes for us to reach out to each other. And that's my message. We can do this together. None of us can do it alone, but you gotta have enough courage to reach out and to be able to say, hey, I need help. And it's a beautiful community that you've created and the things, the wonderful things that you're doing is is just so awesome. Thank you, thank you, Duke. I, I received that uh, very graciously and appreciate it. Take it as encouragement. And you're, you're part of the community now, so <laughs> I think that's, that's, what, that's what makes it so powerful. And that's another thing is that um, my mental health journey has been about to, is life is the highest reward is to be able to toil and to do something and not be worried about what you're going to get from it, but who you're going to become from doing it. And one of the things that I'm grateful about my mental health journey is that um, all the things that I've been through, all the things that I've done, all the people that I that have told me that I've helped them, um, it, it's just not about the toil of doing it all, but it's about you know helping people and also just the person that I'm becoming because of it. You know, I've been on this journey for a little bit and. You know, just recently, people have been able to see it because I've allowed people to see it. But I've become a better person by sharing my story. It has helped me become a better man. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that you you got to that place because it strikes me that when you speak about being the whole man, being able to speak about all these other sides of yourself allows you to present your whole self, not just a piece of yourself and hide the rest away and like you say that means people get more more out of it and you get more out of it as well because you get to see yourself as a whole beautiful human being rather yeah. than only bits of yourself so that I'm very grateful that you're there and yeah. I, I just had a question I don't know if you're if you're able to or willing to share just w- when you say your mom sent you to therapy initially what was mm-hmm. what were you going for or looking to get support with Okay, so at the time when I was going through um, the things I was going through and she sent me to therapy, she didn't know at the time because I was keeping it to myself, but um, I was being sexually abused. So I was kind of reserved. But at the same time, I grew up in an environment where um, I played sports. Mm -hmm. So um, I was very competitive and I was very... um, you know, on the, on the outside, I would look like a normal kid, but on the inside, I was hurting because all the things that were happening to me, I was keeping inside. So, you know, at some point that those things as a child, they came out and my mother was just wise enough to be able to see it. They came out 
um, and how I was doing things in, in, in school. And she was wise enough to see it. And she's, I remember the famous words that you need to talk to somebody. We're going to send you to talk to somebody. And um, so at that time, yeah, I was going through some things. Uh, my uncle had me selling drugs for him and I was hiding that. Um, that same uncle was sexually abusing me and I was hiding that. And um, so uh, one of the things that I was going through and I was, I was learning how to hide things, yeah. you know? And um, I think a lot of times in our mental health journey is that uh, we hide the truth from ourselves and from others. And that's, that allows us to not be, to, to, to overcome and to get help. Um, so yeah, that's what I was going through. And, and she saw that, um, but at the same time, she didn't see the whole picture, you know, she only saw what, um, because at that time, you know, as being a, a young African-American male, it was, you know, going through what I was going through was, uh, it was kind of shameful in, in a way because mm -hmm. I didn't, it made me question who I was, you know, it made me um, question if, if I gave the okay to um, my abuser. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I know that a lot of people have heard before, but it rings loud in my ears right now and talking about it and opening yeah. up and, you know, I'm not going to cry and be emotional, but, you know, I'm going to keep it together. But one of the things that, that rings loud is um, don't tell anybody because they won't believe you anyway, you know, and um, he used to say that to me all the time. You better not tell. You better not tell. But even if you do, they won't believe you anyway. So um, I know a lot of people that have gone through those kind of situations and came out on the other side. I know it takes a lot of work. Yeah. I know it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of forgiveness. And that's one of the things that my mental health journey too has been about on all levels is not only forgiving myself for the blame that I put on myself and the things that I felt like I did wrong, but also forgiving others that I felt did me wrong or were supposed to protect me. Um, uh, so, you know, what, what, what's, what's great about having this talk is being able to open up and I can proudly say that, you know, I had that conversation with my mother about maybe a year and a half, almost two years ago about everything, about everything. And, and I speak about her because, you know, she's, she's that, she's that woman, you know, she's a strong black woman and um, I love her to death. And, um, uh, I've always wanted to make her proud, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so it's one of those things where it took me a long time to talk to her, man, and about, you know, what was happening with me. And when I opened up, we both cried. And she was like, I never knew. I never knew, you know? And um, she just felt like she was supposed to protect me. She apologized to me. And uh, we keep moving forward, you know? and. I'm just grateful that I was able to open up enough to be able to tell her what I was going through because um, even though I crossed a lot of hurdles and, and, and climbed a lot of mountains and hills, yes. um, that was one of the last things that I needed to do was to open up to my mother about the things that I was going through as a kid and share with her the things that I thought she knew 
Um, mm. But she didn't know, you know, and uh, she's a Christian woman. So um, I'm grateful for her. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us, Duke. Um, yeah. Hey, we're here, man. We're here. Yeah. You know, I, 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 when you know when you talk about things like like this, um, you have to be willing to take uh, the good with the bad, you know. And um, I'm sharing my story to you and to the audience to help other people realize that they can share their story and they can get through it and they can have courage and they can have the same big smile as me, man. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be doom and gloom. You know, my experiences have made me a better person and a better man. You know, of course I wouldn't, you know, want to go through those things. Um, but one of the things about mental health is being able to recognize your past, know your past, remember it, but also just keep moving forward because if you don't move forward, you'll be so trapped. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I'm glad to hear also you've you know gone through the processing of all of these things and come out in a, in a better, better side of it and come to a place of forgiveness and just for yourself and for the other people, like say blame and anger are things we tend to really bottle up. And I think when something like that's happened to you, sometimes it's channeled out in sports and athletics as well, because that becomes yeah. one of the places that we're able to express without actually expressing what's really going on. And yes. I, I was, I was going to ask about the feeling of uh, not being protected uh, because I know often when when you've had an experience or an encounter of such, it, the blame first falls upon yourself and you think, what have I done? Or why didn't I do this, especially retrospectively? And, yes. But sometimes we can then start to go, who should have safeguarded me? Who should have you know, looked after me? And, and, right. and then the like, um, but to hear again that you've gone through that is incredible because I know, uh, or I suppose we know, <laughs> out of the people listening, there will be a number who have had such an experience and often, shall we say, the, uh, the, the weight of the secret grows with each year. And we oh, yeah. feel like we can't share it. So they may yes. not yet be in a place where they feel that they can process this or address it with the people around them. And yeah. remember, dear listener, this is why sometimes going to something like therapy or to speak to someone who you don't know who's not in your circle and all this it's helpful because it allows you to begin the journey that will eventually lead you to feeling perhaps comfortable enough to share with the people you love who when you love someone like your family you don't yeah. want to hold secrets from them right it's not the way like we want to give our whole self to the people we love we want to be our full self and when we restrict that, we're limiting the amount of love we can receive from them because where they're going, I know I love them, but I think if I tell them this thing about me, they'll love me a little less or they'll see me differently. Yeah. So and that's, uh, I think it'll give someone courage, honestly. That's what, that's what we're trying to do, man. We're trying to help people. And that's why I admire what you do. I'm grateful for it. 
um, I see you putting in the work and I'm, and I'm so proud of you and, and the group that you guys have, have formed and the community that you're helping. Um, it's just, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's one of those things that, you know, it's, it's a process. You know, I didn't come to this place overnight. This has been a long process for me, man. And, you know, um, right now what you're seeing is a person that's, you know, been going through that process and came out on the other side. But there's been a lot of days, dark days. There's been a lot of bad times. There's been a lot of life experiences. There's been a lot of good times. Um, but like you said, um, just being able to open up because one of my struggles was not talking to people about it. And my therapy allowed me to reach that hurdle where my last hurdle, man, for me was having that conversation with my mother. And that's why, that's why I brought that up. That was like, you know, that was like the top of the mountain, you know, once I got there and I was able to do that for me, you know, everyone has their own thing. But for me, once I got there and I was able to do that, that propelled me to give me the confidence to be able to say, I can share this with other people. I can, I can help somebody. Someone that's going through something similar as me can hear my story and say, hey, if that guy can do it, I can do it too. You know, so that's what it's all about for me, man, is being able to just give that person the confidence to say, I can reach out for help. I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to hide. I'm going to do it. And one of the things that my mental health journey that has been very great for me, yes. and this has helped me with race. This has helped me with relationships. This has helped me with recovery. I've learned to practice the law of non-resistance. And that law is about making sure that when life is going to treat you unfairly, how do you respond to that? We all are going to, you know, be telling people and, you know, shouting for joy when it's the good times. But when life treats you unfairly, how are you going to respond to that? And for me, that has been the law of non-resistance. And that law allows me to take everything as it's coming and not be too up, not be too down, uh, be balanced out where the small thing is not great and the great thing is not small. You know, so it's about making sure that everything that I try to treat everything the same way, you know, because life is harsh, man. It's going to treat you unfairly. But how do you respond to that? Amazing. <laughs> You've summed it all like so beautifully tied it in a very neat bow. Wow. Uh, yeah. You, life can be harsh, like. I, the perspective sometimes is great. There's the poem by Rudyard Kipling, I believe, If, uh, where he says, uh, if you can meet with triumph. Uh, and disaster, right? And treat those two imposters just the yeah. same. Yes, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. indeed. <laughs> and that, I think that's that feeling. And often one of the other points is when we hit rock bottom, we mm -hmm. can push off, but the top has no real limit. And yes. so it's that reminder when you hit rock bottom, you don't tend to dig deeper than that. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you can use it as a springboard onto better, but it yes. doesn't mean that it's a bad thing because we can see it has, if you don't get to rock bottom, 
you don't have right. somewhere that you can push off to get to the highest highs or to breach the surface. So it's just knowing that, okay, I'm now at the bottom. All right, now to move up to the top, I might come back down. It's all just part of life, the way it ebbs and flows. And yes. So thank you. Again and that, for and that's, that. that's a beautiful thing too, that you said, because everyone has their own bottom. And that's what I've learned from a lot of my journey is that a lot of people have their own bottom. My bottom is not going to be your bottom. You know, we're all going to have each individual bottoms, but if you ever come to that place, my advice is to be able to recognize it. Yeah. You know, some people come to that place and they don't recognize it. They say, oh, well, you know, um, this is just bad. Um, but some people come to that place and be like, man, I've never sunk this low. And, you know, like you said, when you, when you, when you come to that place, the only way you can go is up but it's up to you you know it's up to the person it's up to the person to say i'm gonna I'm pull myself up i'm gonna be strong and whatever i gotta go through i'm gonna go through it and i'm gonna have faith and that's one of the things that my book is gonna be about that is i, I hope to have it done by christmas time it's called from fear to faith and what that is is a journey of of picking yourself up and not giving up and being able to say that I recognize this was over here, but now I'm gonna have faith in my higher power. I'm gonna have faith in myself. I'm gonna have faith in humanity. And that's what is important to me is that we all learn how to deal with other people and be diverse. And that's one of the things that is important to me and that my podcast will be about is um, diversity, yeah. um, uh, highlighting all different kinds of people. Because um, yes, I am an, an, an African-American male and I'm comfortable in the skin that I'm in. I'm happy. I'm proud of who I am. Um, but I want to learn about you. I want to learn about other people. I want to learn about something that might, um, uh, that someone else might not, might not know. You know, I want to, I want to feel your culture. I want to, I want to eat your food, whether you are gay, trans, whether you are um, a man or a woman, I want to know what it's like to, um, to know about you. Yeah. And that's what I'm all about. I'm all about diversity and, you know, that ties into the three R's. Yes, and, indeed. You know, yes, and, indeed. And, and race, you know, because you know, mental health is um, it's it, it's a thing too with different races. You know, yeah. some people are able to reach out for help uh, more than others, and I know in in our communities, uh, we keep a lot of things in, man, and um, because that's how we're taught to to live, and that's a that's supposed to be our interior and exterior is that we're supposed to be tough and we can handle anything we've been through our ancestors went through slavery mm -hmm. so you know you're tough it doesn't always work out like that you know i think we've seen how that story ends a lot of times when when guys get locked up and they go to jail or prison forever because they're not able to manage their minds and that's one of the things that i want to bring light to is that we can ask for help too. 
You might not have the money, you might not have the resources, but that should not stop you from asking for some kind of assistance or help. And between us, we can steer people in the right direction to say, hey, you can go here, you can go here. And if you don't know where to go, we're going to find you somewhere to go to help you reach out for help. Yes, yes, indeed. I think that's the idea, really, like, just get moving, like, whichever way you go, just go, uh, it'll feel much better than feeling stuck in your situation. Uh, I can't remember who specifically said this, but it's a long said uh, quote, which is we're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking up at the stars. And yes, I think, yes. like you say, mental health transcends race, really. All of us are experiencing the same thing, but your perspective and what you choose to focus on, you can look at the beauty that life still has to offer and how you can head towards it. And yes. with that said, uh, I just, I, I really wanted to ask, because I think you've sort of answered this question, but I still wanted to ask and find out because of how much you've shared with us so far. If there was a piece of advice that you would give to your younger self, I don't know which version or iteration of yourself that would be. Is yeah. there any particular advice? Because like you say, you meditate, you think about these things that maybe you've yeah. thought about or that you would want to give to your younger self at whatever point that is? My, my advice to my younger self, take care of your mind first. You know, take care of your mind. And then uh, through your mind, take care of your spiritual and take care of your physical. Because... In my life, what I what I did was um, I put too much care and work on the physical uh, because sometimes when you play sports, that's what it's all about. What kind of physical condition you're in, and you know, and 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 this or that. But um, if I could give some advice to my younger self, I would say work on your mind first, work on your inner person and then work on your physical and try to tie all those in together to make you a better person, a whole person. But when you do that, you have to be willing to be able to say, this is gonna be a process and I'm gonna put in the work. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. You have to put in the work. So that's my advice is that one more time, I got to say it, you got to work on your mind and you work on your spiritual, your inner man, work on your physical, tie them all together, but be willing to put in the work to make those aspects come all together to make you a better person. Excellent. And I think I, <laughs> I'm just loving everything <laughs> you're sharing. <laughs> And I think also even the example that you set, uh, if, if you don't follow Duke on social media, you're missing out. <laughs> this man will show you how much joy you can just have walking through the world and like going to the zoo yeah. or, or hanging out with birds and stuff. Like, it, hey, there's so I, much richness of life to be explored. I, I tell you what, man, you know, and that's the one thing that recovery does for a lot of people. Yes. is that you are able to see the beauty of life again and you're able to like see what makes life beautiful because when you're not in that zone you miss out on things you know you're not present 
you're not attentive. And that's one of the things that my recovery allows me to do. It allows me to be present. It allows me to be tentative. Um, it allows me to enjoy, you know, the little things and the fun things that life has to offer. And life is beautiful, man. But it's not always like that. You know, everything's mm -hmm. not, you know, peachy and rosy. And social media sometimes makes you think that. Um, there's a lot of struggles that come along with um, doing the work that I do. But this is what I signed up for. I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to help people. And I'm grateful to be able to help people. And I'm able to share my joy with the world, man, and carve up my little space. And I'm excited to, to go forward in my journey and just show people more about how beautiful life is how you can actually get to that space where you're, where you're comfortable and that you, you know, your mental stability is there. Um, because I wasn't always here, yeah. but, um, through hard work and dedication and having good people around me. And that's the, that's another thing that people have to understand. You have to, if you got bad people around you, that energy and that vibe is going to, is going to follow you. You got to figure out how to get some good people around you to talk to, to share your experiences with so that you can listen to their experiences and, and help yourself grow. Amazing. And I, I, I really love how you brought recovery and relationships together. I, when, when we, when you were introducing yourself earlier and you mentioned this sort of uh, bits about the addiction to opioids that you had when you were recovering from the sports and how that was making you someone you didn't really think, you know, that wasn't representative of who you truly are. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about in my head as it comes out now, how recovering physically or losing mobility originally when 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 if sports are such a big part of your life you're now unable to play them and you're saying pain plagued by pain if we will and now you are interacting with people and you're not yourself or your normal self because you can't be and even right. after the surgeries when you're then trying to recover and you're now on yeah. these things that are making you not who you are I'm assuming these are some of the insights that are going to come out from the 101, you know, <laughs> steps book. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, oh yeah. I'm now thinking on on the relationship front. Can we, maybe uh -huh. we can get some sneak some of those nuggets early. <laughs> hey. <laughs> what, well, what what um, are some of the? Sorry, I keep jumping in, like because. <laughs> hey, I, I tell you. So, um, we're gonna put uh, 101 successful uh, steps to a successful interra interracial relationship. Yeah. 101 steps to a successful interracial relationship. And that's my journey because I've been married twice. Yes. And my first marriage, I was married for uh, 15 years. And so that this book is going to be about how you deal with different cultures, how you deal with different people. And it's going to deal with how you deal with recovery when you have an active spouse that's not in recovery and the challenges that come with that and the fortitude that it takes to come together to support each other. But it's more of a self-help book. It's about how you deal with family and the ups and downs and people not liking you and just being able to go forward, uh, having kids that might be uh, biracial 
and just how to mix all that together because I think going forward in the world, yes. um, it's one of my beliefs that we're going to be a people that are going to be more diverse. And the more that we learn how to deal with other people successfully and to understand their cultures, and you might not understand, but you have to be willing to learn and to be adaptable to say that all of our cultures matter. And the reason why the book is important to me is because I see it's coming together more in the future. And whether you are in a relationship with a person that's the same skin as you, the same color or whatever culture, um, the book will help you um, because it's not just for only interracial couples, it's for everyone. And But the reason I put the interracial in it is because it's my own life experiences, for one. Um, for two, I was going to change the title of my editor was like, uh, no, we got to stay true to what you set out to do. We're not changing it. And we're not doing that, you know, because um, sometimes you want to, you know, when, when you do stuff like that, you want it to people to feel like it's every, like it's for them too. Yeah. And you don't want this people to feel, ex, you know, excluded. But she told me, hey, we're going with it because everybody will be able to learn from it. So the book is filled with quotes, is yeah. filled with steps, is filled with poems, is filled with scientific knowledge that states and that supports um, what it's like to be in a relationship for one, but what it's also like to be in an interracial relationship because the dynamics of an interracial relationship are, are, are a lot different than they are when it's, um, you know, same, same, you know? So mm -hmm. um, it's definitely some, some scientific proof that needs to be uh, shed that would allow people to say, okay, well, when I see this person walking down the street and it's a black guy with a white woman, how should I be thinking about that? You know? Yeah. And that's what I want to start that conversation, man. I want that. I want to start that conversation. If it's not already started, I want to start it. I want to bring it out. I want to say, Hey, um, you see this Chinese man with yeah. this black woman, that's yeah. okay, man. That's you can't pick who you love all the time, you know. No. So we all, we got to all get along and we got to embrace each other. And uh, I feel like the book uh, helps us get closer to that. I love that. I honestly, I can't wait for that book to come out. I mean, if you've if you've just heard what Duke said, you must know it feels like a book you have to read with your significant other and to work through. I think one of the gifts that you're giving with the book is, as you yeah. point out, don't look at the title and then close yourself off. It's actually right. open yourself up and go, what would you, if you were in a interracial relationship, what are the things you'd have to do, the things you'd have to find out, perhaps about the other person and talk about? Yeah. And now imagine, even when you're in the same, in a relationship with someone of the same race, yeah. apply the same things. You got to do the know same them thing. At a deeper level. Don't assume yeah. you know the person. Like this is where we, <laughs> you know, can end up with yeah. breakdowns later on because there's so much more to explore and appreciate. And of course, love who you hey. love. You know, if, if hey, you happen I, to find love in the world, far be it for anyone else to tell you differently. Go for it. You know. Hey, you got to go for it. And you know, um, so 
uh, one of my one of my the people I look up to is Steve Harvey, right? So, yes. you know, Steve, he been through some stuff, man, and um, so I was able to write this book because I've been uh, married twice, and um, uh, my first marriage was fifteen years. So to me, I'm all about education. I'm all about those people that go to school forever for uh, to be a doctor, therapy, artist, whatever you may go for. Yes. But sometimes life experiences trump a lot of that schooling, man. You know, um, and when you can combine the schooling with life experiences, um, then you, you have a gem that you can carve out and you can give it out to other people. And um, it would not only help them with, with, with same, same relationships, but it will help them in relationships and, and make people understand, hey, this is real life. You know, people are different and um, everybody's black is not gonna always be with somebody that's black. Everyone's white is not gonna be with someone that's white. It's just not gonna happen like that. And, um, we want you to, to be comfortable and to understand that your relationship is just as okay as the next person, but also we want to entertain you, but we want to give you some nuggets too. So when you get in those little weird situations that, you know, that's a, a, a family gathering, you know, and, and this person's, you know, cussing you out or whatever because of whatever reason, we want to show you how to deal with that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. Yeah, appreciate each other's nuances and just get ready, <laughs> get ready for the rough ride. Like, <laughs> it's never oh, like... Hey, because because it's, a, it's definitely a ride, man. It's definitely <laughs> a ride. This is crunchy peanut butter. It's not smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, <laughs> hey, when I was a kid, man, I used to love crunchy peanut butter. That was my thing, though. When I was a kid, I used to love crunchy peanut butter, man. And and either we were too poor to have it or something, but we mom didn't always get that crunchy, but we had the regular <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I have fun memories of it as well. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you... man, uh, I just want to be able to uh, help somebody and help people understand that one of the things that I've learned about myself on this podcast journey. Yes. And one of the things we talked about before is that I'm coming to the end of one journey and stepping over to another. Um, so I feel so privileged to be here as a guest. I'm honored, but I'm making that transition to host and I put in the work I'm ready for it. So I want to be sitting where you're sitting, man, and, 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 and doing my thing and, and entertaining people. But the one thing I do want to help people understand is that on this journey, I've learned a lot about myself. I've had some things that were uh, weaknesses that I've learned to try to keep making it strengths and keep working on it. Um, I love this podcasting thing, man. I really do. It's my thing. And I'm all about education and I'm all about getting better but I'm also about putting in the work. So what you see right here, man, this is a byproduct of putting in the work and reaching out, trying to connect with the good people that are doing great things like you are. And, you know, I, I, I'm so uh, grateful um, that I'm allowed to be in this 
space consciously and subconsciously and to understand it. And I wish uh, Ray was here, you know, so, yeah. you know, uh, we can have, you know, that kind of conversation. But I just want to make sure that people understand that my podcast will be about diversity and it's about celebrating people of all colors, races and creeds. And um, uh, we don't want no one to feel left out. But what we also want to do is make sure that we highlight um, ourselves and the journey that we have to go through as African-Americans or as, as, you know, as Africans or people with darker skin. Um, it's not always as easy as people with lighter skin. And we acknowledge that, but that's okay. And we can move forward to a place to where skin color doesn't get in the way of asking for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thank you for that, Duke. And I think that's a very important point to articulate that when people see your platform, your podcast that's coming up, or they see ours, don't feel like this is now I have to tune off. That's, I don't want to say that's part of the problem, but that's like, yeah. you don't feel that way. What you should feel like or think when you see this is go, oh, great. Now let me listen in on a conversation I might not be ready to have. You know, now let me see how I could have this conversation. Maybe why not participate in the conversation? Yes. Because if we can change that via these platforms that we have, then we can change it in the world, which it is. And it has yes. changed for the, for the majority. But if you feel when you tune in or when you see two handsome brothers yeah. <laughs> having this conversation, hey. if you feel like, oh no, I should, I, maybe this isn't for me. Like that yeah. should tell you, you need to keep watching and yes. you need to find out why not, or bridge the gap, come to an understanding. And just, we're all beautiful, loving human beings. And that's what yeah. we're all here for. Duke's all about diversity, all about overall wellness and, you know, yes. being the whole person, your whole self, yes. all of us need more of that, you know, in your relationships, in your lives, in, in everything yes and and that's one of the things too i want to make sure that i uh give a shout out to uh tony thompson oh. and i gotta give a shout out to my man there and and herbie uh herbie mac, herbie mac. Oh, and, and yeah that's my guy man and you know i just you know those those guys that you know i look up to those guys and you know they're great people um definitely appreciate what they do for the community as well as yourself um but yeah, man, that's, you know, when, when, when you, when you see this happening, um, you should be proud, you know, you should be proud that this is a space that uh, you have created that has allowed me to uh, share my journey and share your journey and share your story and your advice. And uh, for all those that are listening, um, it should be uh, appreciated because um, it's important. It's important. It's important to be able to uh, have platforms to be able to share and to help people. And this platform definitely is is helping people, man. And you know, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep trying to make sure that people are committed to a verbal and mental contract with themselves and with their higher power to be able to help themselves the best way they know how 
I mean, your yours is such a powerful and positive voice. I I just I'm really grateful that it's going to be broadcast out to even more people once you start your platform. And I, I truly hope you have extreme, massive, outrageous success with this yeah. and with everything because the world needs more of you. You're a beacon of yeah. hope, a beacon of light, and a beacon of truth. And there isn't too much of that. So I'm very grateful and I look forward to to um, being one of your loyal listeners. Yes. And before I, I say I transition into our, let's say, closing questions, quick fire questions, I just have one question perhaps about, because your book's titled uh, From Fear to Faith. Yes. And because we've spoken about how much you've worked through probably having faith in yourself, but also perhaps faith in, in a higher power and other yes. people find solace in that as well. And yes. we turn to a higher power often, like it's a, it's a rare person who's never gotten on their knees. <laughs> you know, their oh, life yeah. hasn't hit you hard enough. I just yeah. wanted to ask you perhaps to share how faith has helped you when you were going through the pain of, the physical recovery, the emotional recovery, or yeah. when you were going through different things with relationships or, or just how you came more towards your faith or how much of a role it plays in your life. Okay. So, um, for me, I grew up in a, in a very strict Christian home. Um, so I, I grew up definitely knowing about the heroes of the Bible and reading the Bible, you know, I, I probably read the Bible uh, four or five times through, you know, totally. Um, so I'm, I'm well versed in that. But I want to make sure that people understand when I say faith, it's not totally about religion, because that's not what I'm preaching here. Yeah. Um, faith, to me, is being able to know that you can overcome. My faith even though it started when I was young um, with the higher power, my faith is about being able to believe in myself and to be able to say that I can do anything through making sure that I care about other people and that I make sure that I take care of myself. Faith is an ever-growing thing for me. And that's one of the things that I've always felt like I had faith and I've had a lot of things to question my faith, but my faith is deeply rooted in making sure that I treat others the way that I want to be treated. And that's, that's where the basis of my faith comes from. And yes, it is the evidence of things not seen, but to me, your faith in yourself is what determines um, where you're gonna go. Because the higher power that you may believe in or that I may believe in is only gonna help us when we help ourselves. And I'm a firm believer in that. I'm, I'm a firm believer in this, that if you put in the work and you put in the time and you learn how to hone your craft and you learn how to make sure that you have faith in yourself, the universe, has a way of opening up for you to allow you to walk through certain doors and to allow you to feel proud of yourself. So that's one of the things that faith means to me is that it's a process where you have to grow 
and grow. And I've heard a lot of people say, I've went from one faith to one faith to one faith. And that's not jumping religions. That means that um, whether good or bad, your faith can become stronger um, through your experiences. So that's that's what it's all about for me. And and yeah. if I may say in my book, From Fear to Faith, I have a chapter that's definitely dedicated to, it's called 12 Steps with My Higher Power. And it's not the same steps as like AA or anything like that, but it's my version of the 12 steps that I take to be able to replenish myself, to start over, to renew, just to be able to start where I'm at in the now and then take action to get to a better future. I mean, I, I just, I love how practical you are. I mean, with <laughs> philosophical research, but it always comes down to you're very practical and you give very clear steps and things people can do. And uh, fear to, uh, from fear to faith should be coming out either at the end of the year. So a stock in filler. Christmas time, man, Christmas. <laughs> we aiming for Christmas. I want to put it out there for Christmas time, right? Fab. What better because way to it's a end? gift, man. It's it's my gift to uh, the world that I get to share. But one of the things that I want to say, man, if I if I didn't have one listener or one person that got the book, if I can help one person, I've already won, man. You know, of course I want to help as many people as I can. I want to help millions of people. But if I can help one person. I've already won, man, and I can't lose. So I'm great you with can. that. You can't lose because <laughs> honestly, um, from watching your your feed, what you put out there, I can say you've done that. And even if it's help, help is such a broad term. Even if it's yes. help lift people's moods, help give people the courage to try something new, uh, help show people what an amazing father can look like as well. Yeah. I mean, I, you're helping a lot of people already. For me personally, it's you help me remember to appreciate and have gratitude in life and to seek what I can do today, even in when I'm just walking, to just look around and observe. I, I love the kind of compliments and interactions you give with everyone. You, you just yeah. uplift. I have nothing but positive things to say about <laughs> you. Too. I could go for like a whole 10 minutes. Like, yeah, uh, that's why I, I, I really say I, I wish you extreme success with your platform and everything. And I know you'll get it because anyone who tunes in to your frequency can only resonate, you know, and a beautiful description about faith here, just uh, and what it truly means. It goes back to your mission almost you know you want to give people this faith in themselves go out there and believe it and yes if if you're maybe heavily religious just believe you have a piece of god in you as well and that yeah. should make you want to create and do more amazing things yes before I, I i end up trapping you for longer i'll move quickly to our quick fire questions okay and i'll start with what's the best thing about being black is that um, my culture is so diverse. I can, um, I, I think that every single culture has a uh, base of, of, of black. So whether you're white 
whether you're Chinese, whether you're Indian, I think that um, uh, uh, a lot of us came from darker people, you know, and that's how you, you can't get light to dark, you have to get dark to light, you know, so um, I think my culture is, is rooted in everybody else's culture. And that's the beautiful thing about being black to me. Thank you. Because I can see myself in everybody. <laughs> that's why we're such a loving people. That's why. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. second question. Who taught you how to shave? How to shave? You said, oh, oh, how yeah. To I shave. Myself, yeah, yeah. I used there to have dreadlocks. So <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have dress, man. And then uh I went through I went to a college recruiting and uh uh these guys they were in a fraternity and some things happened and they cut my hair, man, and ever since I, I started cutting ball, man. So I taught myself how to cut. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I like that. I like that. <laughs> hey, okay, so I'm glad you asked this because yes. you ever used magic shave before? You no. ever heard of magic shave? No. Okay, so it's an American product that like people put on their face and um and you can take a butter knife. And yeah. it's a product for black people and you can take a, you can put it on your face yeah. and you can take a butter knife and just shave it off and the hair will come off, right? Mm -hmm. So my stepdad, one time when I was young, he had this magic shave in the house. You know, I was trying to, you know, figure out how to shave and whatnot. I put the magic shave on my face. And it turned my face orange, bro. I was like, whoa, like it, like it literally burnt my face to a, like where it was orange. So um, I'm very particular about the razors I use, man. <laughs> so, uh <-huh. laughs> yeah. But I told myself how to shave though. Yeah. Wow, I thought, I thought magic shave was gonna now change my life, but no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's gonna, it, well. <laughs> I, I'm not going to kill the product, but, you know, <laughs> hey, um, it, it, it didn't work for my skin, so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, yeah, I'm very particular as well, because that shaving bumps, all that stuff, life's hard enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, wait, uh, question three. What resource do you hope people use or still use 100 years from now? Um, I hope people still want to read books, man. I'm a reader, you know, I like books. Um, I like to read on the, on the, um, you know, on the internet or, you know, whatever, but, um, there's nothing better than a physical book to me, you know, like a, you know, like the books you got in the background that you can oh, touch, yeah. feel open page to page. I, I hope people are still doing that, man. I don't, I don't, I don't think as a society that we should let books go. Books are the, one of the most important things in the world, man. Physical books. That's what I like. I like that. I'm, I'm saying that all books are great, but I like. I I, I want to touch it. You know, I want to. I want to hold it. So I like books. Uh, I'm I'm part of that club as well. Yeah. And final question is: What do you wish more men talked about? Um. I wish women talked about how strong they have to be to be woman you know 
to be a, being a woman is one of the hardest things on the planet. And uh, I think a lot of times they make it look so easy that um, they don't get enough credit. And I wish that sometimes they, you know, I wish that ladies talked about how hard it is to balance, you know, having kids, family, cleaning house, making dinner, taking kids to school, um, you know, taking kids to do this or, you know, just everything that ladies do. They, um, I, I think a lot of pre people appreciate ladies. I really do because I, you know, I grew up with a lot of aunts. You know, I have a big family, so I have a whole bunch of strong black ladies that were able to teach me some things. But I think a lot of times, um, some of the things that they do, they don't get credit for, and they don't talk about it because they don't need that light all the time. And I think that a woman deserves a, a, a light all the time that shines bright on all the great things that, that she does. Could I ask you the reverse? What about what do you wish more men talked about? Um, I wish, uh, that's a good question, man. What, if I can dig deep into, inside myself, I wish more men talked about how they feel inside. I think as men, I think we keep a lot of things inside and we don't voice a lot of um, our feelings, um, because a lot of times we're taught that voicing our feelings is maybe feminine. Um, and then we hold a lot of things in. So I, I wish men felt like they had that comfortable space to always express how they feel inside. And when I say inside, I think I'm, I'm talking about that mental health journey, you know, going back to that, because, you know, it's all in your mind. And, you know, what you keep inside your mind is going to definitely affect your body and affect the whole man. And I think for me, I've been able to express some things, but it, it, it took me a lot of time. You know, it took me some time, you know, just imagine by keeping those things in some of the uh, uh, physical hurt that I've done myself on the inside by keeping things in. And I think that men just need to be able to have a space to be able to share their feelings, concerns, wants, needs, and not keep them in. Thank you so much. And I can't thank you enough for how gracious you've been with your time, Duke, and yeah. how open and honest you've been with all, everything you've shared with us. Yeah. I can't hey, encourage I appreciate you. I appreciate being here, man. This has been wonderful for me. And uh, we just got to keep doing what we're doing, man, and, and, and help as many people as we can. And build this community a little more build the community more you know how we're connecting right here yes there's so many other people that need to be a part of this space and the more people we can bring to this space um because everybody some people are going to shine some people want to be in the background you know that that's okay but as long as we come together and work towards the same goal we can definitely make an impact on a lot of lives and a lot of people and, and uplift the community to a space to, to say, we're going to talk about it or we're going to voice it and we're going to get better. I love that. And we will, we will.
And what's the best way for anyone listening to connect with you, to support your work and find out yeah. what you're doing? Okay, so you can check me out on at the Duke Lot um, on Instagram. You can see me um, on LinkedIn at Duke Lot. And uh, I have a Facebook. I try to not be on social media so much. And that's one of the things about this break that I'm going to take is, you know, I'm still going to reach out to people and connect, but I need a little break, you know, just to get some projects done and, and, and get that. But yeah, you can, you can find me at the Duke lot on, on the social media sites. And I look forward to putting this book out in June and then the other one out at the end of the year, uh, Christmas time. So uh, podcast is coming by June 1st. Uh, so we're working, we're getting some things done. Amazing. Amazing. So make sure you follow Duke. We're going to have all of the information in the bio and we'll, we'll constantly be in touch on certain. Uh, we're connected now, so feel free to always uh, dip in and out as you, as you will with us. Yes. I always end with saying to the listener, but this time I also want to make sure you're aware that I'm saying it to you in particular, Duke, that it is good and important that you are here and I just hope you really take care because you're a very special man. You too, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's been my pleasure.